Welcome, everybody, to another episode of That's Too Bad, hosted here by yours truly, Wally Wallisuck. Since the last time we've chatted, a lot has transpired in the golf world, and so let's just get let's get the ball rolling here. Um, first things first, let's uh, just cover some recent tournaments here. Uh, first, I want to you know talk about the American Express. Why? Because Nick Dunlap, at the time. Uh, amateur golfer out of the University of Alabama goes out, ends up winning the tournament first time since 1991 that an amateur golfer has won a PGA tournament. Uh, if my memory uh, is sharp enough right now, I believe he's one of eight in PGA Tour history. Uh, mo- the 1991 most recent was Phil Mickelson. Uh, so I mean, Nick Dunlap then obviously. You know, doesn't get to collect on the purse money, which is unfortunate. I think USGA rules has amateur golfers. I think they can't win more than $1,000. So uh, that purse gets to go to, uh, you know, second place there. And uh, not surprisingly, Nick Dunlap goes back to school to basically announce a few days later that he was turning pro. I don't blame him. Uh, This guy is a phenomenal young golfer that we're going to see on tour for many, many years. And I don't think this is the last time we're going to see him in the top five, top 10, or even the winner circle. Potentially this year, he will get to partake in right now, three of the four majors. He will have to qualify, I believe, uh, for the open overseas. Uh, Let's slide over real quickly then to uh, the Farmers Insurance opening. Matthew Pavon, first time a Frenchman since 1907. I think he's got a longer drought or ends the longest longer drought than the Chicago Cubs for the Frenchman. Uh, Goes out and wins uh, another tough tournament. Uh, So congrats to Matthew Pavon and, uh, you know, France, we're back on the board. Uh, And let's just slide it over to, uh, uh, you know, I think one of the – Top tournaments, I think, from a fan perspective and a pro perspective because it's played at the famous Pebble Beach Golf Course, and that's the AT&T Pro-Am. Wyndham Clark uh, ends up shooting in a course record 60. Guy's putter was lights out, couldn't miss, uh, striking the ball beautifully. Even his misses were good misses that day on Saturday to win and no this is not a live tournament it ended saturday because of uh the storms and the rain and everything that is trans and the wind that was rolling in throughout that week could not finish or start really sunday and could not start or finish monday so wyndham clark gets to hold on to his victory with the course record 60 i think it should have been 58 i think on 16 and 17 i think it was him leaving his putts about an inch short. They were on the right line. Cost him a 58, but still, uh, I don't think uh, many people are going to complain with a 60 or winning a PGA Tour event and claiming your you know, million-dollar prize there. And then uh, most recently, let's talk about the waste management, the People's Open. Um, 
we'll get into in a minute how it was kind of a sideshow, but what's new. Uh, but let's talk about Nick Taylor, who battled Saturday and Sunday um, up and down. The leaderboard was packed. A lot of people in this field could have ended up winning this. And he comes rolling in on a long day Sunday where he had to finish round three and four and gets into a playoff with Charlie Hoffman, Mr. Waste Management himself, and goes two uh, playoff holes on 18 to ultimately Charlie Hoffman leaves his putt short. Nick Taylor doesn't, drilled it in the center of the cup. Nick Taylor ends up winning the Waste Management Open. Um, which is, I mean, great for him. I mean, he had that great win in his home country in Canada last year. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, uh, like I said, it was a huge field. I think there was probably uh, going into the last maybe hour and a half of that tournament, uh, there was probably seven or eight golfers that had a chance to really get themselves into that final potential playoff, potentially win it. Nick Taylor, congrats on that. Uh, so let's circle back. Like I mentioned, Waste Management, as always, was a sideshow. Um, I want to say this has got to be the first in, I mean, I don't think ever, I mean, I think ever, I've never heard of this but happened before in the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and that's uh, Saturday. Uh, crowd got a little rowdy, a little sloppy. The weather wasn't also great either it was pretty sloppy on the course uh thursday friday saturday there was rain wind cold uh mix that with some alcohol and some rowdy rowdy uh, you got arizona state nearby scottsdale is always popping um yeah no surprise the course was maybe um more of a sideshow than normal I think at least on Saturday because uh, waste management, the, the tournament cut off all alcohol sales. I think there was at least a couple hours left to golf to go, if not maybe just an hour, hour and a half. But still, regardless, alcohol sales cut off. Uh, a lot of different videos, uh, pictures and stuff, you know, going around on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and stuff, you know, guys you know, taking a leak, passed out and on a stool right up against a, a bar table, you know, streakers, guys doing snow angels in the bunker, uh, 16, everybody's chucking, you know, whatever they got in their hand at the time, whether it's beer, water, high noons, et cetera, onto the 16th green, whether the guy made a putt or they're booing them. I mean, stuff we've seen before. So nothing that really should be too much of a shock for this tournament. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the amount of people that that tournament gets, you know, I think maybe it was bound to happen. Maybe not. Maybe they need to just kind of chill out, cool off, not, not the end of the world. No golfers, I think, were really ever at risk of being harmed. During this, I know there was golfers that have gone viral Saturday and Sunday. I think mainly Sunday for uh, going at it with spectators. Uh, Zach Johnson, I think on 17, turned around uh, losing his shit on some fans. He, I think, had four fans kicked out, and he teed off pretty early Sunday because he was not in contention. And uh, 
from what I was seeing on Twitter and stuff, it was comments about his successful, I'm going to throw that in quotes, um, successful Ryder Cup uh, captaincy. And then uh, the other one that I was going viral was Billy Horschel. I f- forget who he was paired with that day, but his, one of the golfers, he was in his group on the fairway, right in the backswing, spectators just having a conversation pretty loudly. And, uh, you know, you can't really see what the outcome of that shot was, but regardless, Billy Horschel did not care for it. Um, you know, went right up to the to the fans and told them that, the, you know, put it bluntly, you know, this is our job. You know, when there's a guy over a ball, over a golf shot, shut the fuck up and all this stuff. Uh, apologies for anybody that's uh, – doesn't like to hear that kind of language on the podcast, but that's verbatim, I believe, what Billy Horschel said and went viral. And, uh, you know, I think as a golfer, I've, you know, I'm 50-50 on that. I think that sometimes noise can affect you when you're standing over your ball. And again, I'm not in these big, you know, these big-ass tournaments. This is not my career. Uh, so it might be a lot more. I, you know, I get Billy's Horschel's point to to an extent, but again, this is has been for quite some time the People's Open, right? This is one of the rowdiest tournaments. This is what I think Live Golf has tried to kind of replicate on a more frequent basis, and uh, you know, the this is what we see kind of at the Ryder Cup. It's loud. There's chanting. There's booing. There, you know, it's it's not your typical wait till, you know, one of your favorite golfers, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, whoever, drain the putt on 17 or 18 to win the tournament and then the crowd erupts. This is happening on the tee box. This is happening in the bunker on a fairway, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, does it look great when you got fans passed out in the middle of the rough where the spectators walk back and forth and are, you know, watch the golf and stuff no it's not probably great but again this is again has been quote the people's open let the people have fun i mean this is again this only happens once a year on the pga tour always super bowl weekend so we're behind it now i mean justin thomas came out you know and you know responded to zach johnson you know that he if he doesn't want to deal with it then don't come to the tournament. Don't qualify. Don't sign up. Whatever they do, you know, skip to have have the weekend off. Watch the Super Bowl. Whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that's kind of how I would react to uh, cut off the fans. I, you know, that was a bold move, and you know we'll see what's going to happen going into next year when this tournament starts rolling around towards the end of this year when they start prepping the schedule for 2025. What what the uh, uh, outcome will be <laughs> for the fans mainly, I think, going into Waste Management 2025. All right, let's flip it over to Live Golf because this is not just a podcast where I'm going to talk about the PGA Tour. Um, we're going to talk about the Live too. And so what has happened over the last couple of weeks? Well, Joaquin Neiman goes into a battle with Sergio Garcia to the point where it was getting almost pitch black dark out and they were asked if they wanted to suspend the play and continue the next day. And, you know, golfers being golfers, you know, they were 
they wanted to finish it right then and there. I don't blame them. I don't want to come back to play one stupid playoff hole just to find out who wins. So I, I, I applaud them for sticking that out, and Joaquin Nia ends up coming out victorious. And here, here's the crazy thing I think some people may or may not realize is, um, so, I mean, in the PGA Tour, the right now the most recent purses for the individual winners has been, I think, between 1.5 and 2.5 million. Uh, Live Golf right now, from what I looked up, the individual winner purse and the team purse is the same for, I believe it's the 20 tournaments they have on their schedule this year. Uh, so Joaquin Nia walks away with, because as the individual winner, walked away with $20 million as a winner. That's not, a, I did not stutter. I did not misquote that. That is $20 million. And the team that ended up winning, which was the Legion uh, 8, I believe is what the team was, which was John Robb's team. So the debut of John Robb in the first tournament for him, his team on Live Tour, ended up winning the $5 million team purse prize. So that's a good debut for John Robb, Tyrrell Hatton, Caleb Surratt, I believe is how you say this, and Kieran Vincent. So that was, uh, you know, cool to see Joaquin win a huge purse, and good for John Rahm and his debut and his team. And then most recently in Vegas, uh, weekend of the Super Bowl, no other than Dustin Johnson, uh, live favorite, I believe at this point, goes out and wins. Yeah, same thing, $20 million purse, and the team that ended up winning the $5 million purse was the Smash Golf Club, which is uh, Brooks Kepka's team with uh, Kokrak, Gooch, and uh, GMAC. Uh, so, you know, that is what has happened so far in Live Golf. You can see here, obviously, from just if you do the math here, I think the PGA has played close to six or seven tournaments already in 2024. Live Golf has only played two. And here you go. This is where we're going to talk about PGA versus the Live and, you know, the breaks that the Live Golf guys are going to get versus the PGA. A lot of these guys are going to go out this week in uh, playing the Genesis Invitational. So, the, you know, there's PJ right now. You're not getting the time off in between, obviously. And uh, Live Golf, you know, that's what's, you know, the next tournament, I believe, for Live Golf, if I take a look here, uh, is until beginning of March in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, they got the next few weeks off. Good for them. But anyway, so that is what's happened so far in tournament play, both at the PGA and Live Tour uh, side of it. So let's kind of pull back a little bit because there's been some huge rumors and stories and everything else that's gone on since the last time we've chatted. The biggest one I want to talk about because it kind of hits a little close to heart for me is the big, I think what might be the biggest rumor this year. I'm already calling it. February 13th, biggest rumor in golf this entire year until something gets more concrete or comes true or whatever. And that is Anthony Kim in talks about resuming his professional career in golf after, what, not seeing him for the last 12 years. He's been a ghost for 12 years. Guy's not on any social media that, we're no, that no one knows about. Uh, he's been kind of he's kind of just faded into the dust almost, you know, into the public. I mean, there's been no real pictures in the last 12 years 
him at a coffee shop, him at a restaurant, him maybe hitting golf balls at a local golf club. I mean, there was a time in like 2015 or 2016, there was rumors that he made a comment to a recent golf reporter, but again, this was a rumor. This was never, I think, confirmed that his golf game was basically non-existent. He had stopped playing ever since his last time on the PGA Tour. Well, let's circle back and let's put like rewind a little bit. Anthony Kim, my opinion, I'm sure there was others. This guy was the next person to kind of succeed the fame and everything that Tiger Woods was. I mean, Tiger Woods at the time when Anthony Kim turned pro, which was around 2006, I mean, Tiger Woods was still in the prime of his career. But now Anthony Kim, and then I think a couple years later is Rory McIlroy. I mean, and we've seen what's happened to Rory McIlroy. A guy has blown up even when Tiger, in after 2008, when he wins another major, you know, the injuries, the scandals, and everything else in between that was going on behind the scenes, behind, when I say behind the scenes, behind the golf course, essentially. Um, Rory McIlroy basically kind of took over. I mean, he was in the limelight. The guy was winning tournaments. He was winning majors. He was very popular with the fan base, and the guy was playing, you know, golf like Tiger Woods, launching drivers, shaping shots like a lot of guys Really, not every golfer on tour can. I mean, you know, if you look at a lot of tour golfers right now, a lot of them are very one-dimensional. You know, they're either hitting and they're playing their cut or they're playing, you know, their little draw. You know, Tiger Woods, for a long time, he was able to shape around the course. And there's only, a, you know, a handful of golfers that are like that. I think Roy McIlroy was kind of in that driver's seat at an early age taken over for Tiger Woods. Why? Because Anthony Kim at, at some point towards the end of 2010 going to 2011 had kind of fizzled out. But again, let's circle back. Anthony Kim, you know, college golfer at Oklahoma, turns pro in 06. Guy wins two tournaments right out the gate uh, in 2008. Uh, ends up being on the Paul Azinger's uh, Ryder Cup team in 2008 and really was one of the focal points of that team. And I, at that time, was probably the youngest guy on that team, if I recall. And Azinger and the 08 team comes out victorious. Really, I think, you know, if you look, watch the Peacock uh, documentary on that Ryder Cup team and Paul Azinger, he mentions that, that AK was a huge, you know, piece of that team. They won't, they don't win without AK. And he ends up on the last day really kicking the shit out of Sergio Garcia to the point where he didn't even realize that he started going to the next hole and uh, everybody had to tell him that you already won your match. And, you know, the classic, you know, he told Paul, he's like, I told you I whoop his ass. I told you I whoop his ass. Uh, I mean, so, between 2006, really through 2008, maybe going to 2009, this guy was finishing in you know top five, top tens. He, like I said, he had a couple wins. He ends up helping this the USA win the Ryder Cup in 08. I mean, he was all over the place as far as golf, media. All right, so now we're lining this kid up at a young age to 
do what Tiger Woods is probably going to do. The guy's gotten, you know, he's being repped by Nike. He's got a Scotty Cameron's, you know, he's got the big endorsement deals following Tiger Woods' footsteps a little bit. Doesn't have them all, but, it, you know, we're, we're working the way up. <laughs> I mean, at this point in 2010, I don't even know if he's 25 yet. Um, but then here we go. Let's fast forward a couple of years. By 2010, I think he's already got three wins under his belt. You know, from what I was reading, uh, he was he's in a very exclusive group at the time where he had only, you know, he had three wins before he had turned 25, which Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Sergio, and Adam Scott were, it, it, that's the elective party that he's a part of with that uh, accomplishment. 2011 comes around. Now the injuries start coming about. I remember seeing him at the BMW here at Cog Hill. Uh, and I don't know if this was 2011. I forget which year, but, uh, you know, I remember you seeing the, the tape on the wrist. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember all the extent of his injuries, but clearly they were not injuries that you can just kind of power through. I mean, I think he tried, but they were injuries that you can't really power through with and try to win golf tournaments. It's just, you know, it's very hard. I mean, not everybody's Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> not everybody's winning a major on essentially a broken knee, broken leg, like he did in 08. Um, so, you know, here we go, 2011, 2012, he's playing beat up. He's, you know, missing tournaments, trying to heal properly and all this stuff, rehab and everything. But you can see now the trajectory has gone down. He's not making cuts in the majors, which he's never won a major before. Again, it was crazy to think that this guy, how dominant he was at such a young age to not have a major on his resume. And uh, by end of 2012, he was basically already out of the golf world. Uh, had not qualified for any tournaments at the end of 2012, going to 2013, did not qualify for anything. I believe he had medical exemptions um, to play in 2013, never took advantage of it to my knowledge. Um, so how does this basically his career end at that point? Three PGA Tour wins, a Ryder Cup, a President Cup, and the guy nets, you know, roughly $12 million over seven years, I believe. Again, no major wins. And this guy at 2013 now becomes, in my opinion, the biggest what if in golf history. Because if he could maybe just take a year off surgery, rehab, physical therapy, everything, get 100%, come back in 2014. And now we're talking the era of here comes Jordan Spieth, here comes Justin Thomas. These guys are young, they're in college, but you know, this is the start of all these golfers now Dustin Johnson, Jason Day at the time in 2014, 15, and 16, you know, John Rahm comes in 2016. I mean, Anthony Kim would have been in the thick of it with these guys coming out. And really, you know, who knows? I mean, does Jordan Spieth not win as many majors because Anthony Kim can maybe hold him off or Brooks Kepka or something? You don't know, and I don't know either. Again, I think this is one of the biggest what-if stories that the golf world will see and have forever. Because um, there's no going back now. Anthony Kim in 2024 right now is about 38 years old. Hasn't played 
per, uh, competitive golf at a PGA Tour level caliber in 12 plus years now. And to come out with the talent that right now is either on live or the PGA and trying to win is going to be very difficult. Does Do we think maybe he can do it? I mean, it really all is, is going to depend, I think, on his health. I mean, the guy has taken 12 years to rehab and get healthy. So maybe hopefully at this point, you know, we might see the Anthony Kim that we saw back in 2008, uh, just older. You know, who knows? I, that I think that is what myself and the golf world is expecting and wanting to see. They want to. We want to see where's his golf game at now. Is it still that aggressive play that he was known for? And if so, are we going to see him contend? And if not, I think it will just be kind of a sigh of relief that this guy is alive and doing well and is finally, you're kind of hearing maybe now, maybe he's enjoying the sport again. I mean, I think there was rumors going on, you know, between 2014 and 2017, you were reading, you know, fake news on Twitter and stuff like that, that he had basically hated golf, uh, you know, no aspirations to, to ever get back into the, what his career was professional golf and stuff like that, which is, you know, as a fan, it was very sad to read. And you were hoping that those, that those were all, you know, fake words, fake news type things. Um, and maybe it is because, you know, here we are, a golf.com reporter, you know, a few weeks back at this point, maybe it's almost a month back now, you know, made the announcement on Twitter, on golf.com's website uh, that, He's in talks with getting back into the professional golf. And right now it's a decision of, does he go PGA? Does he go live? Now, I, I could see both. I mean, from a PGA standpoint, I could see him going just because he knows what he's getting out of the PGA. He knows the tradition. He's got that loyalty and stability. And because of being a past champion, because he's won three times, I, in you know different sponsors, he he ha he might have those exemptions to play right away in certain tournaments. But again, the PGA is every week, Wednesday practice round, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're playing. Then you're going to the next week. Can him at 38? Now again, I'm not downplaying 38 here. I mean, Phil Mickelson's in his 50s, and he's doing it, or he at least he was going into his 50s. Tiger Woods uh, was doing it at 38. So, I mean, it, it's not – I'm not saying him at 38 is like him technically at 60. No. I, what I'm saying is at 38 years old, he has not played PGA or live caliber golf in 12 years. Can his body – I mean, because – how he left, obviously this is, you know, we're now kind of flipping the script here. You you left beat up, hurt to the point where you cannot play golf anymore. You want to come back. So hopefully that means you're healthy. You, you can pull through four days, technically maybe five days of golf in a row uh, and try to compete and win a tournament. I hope he can. I hope at 38 that's not a huge issue. I hope he's he's healthy and the past issues he had in 2011, 12, and 2013 are not going to be issues coming up, potentially. 
But this is, again, where I think the live tournament, you know, does he take upfront money? I mean, will he make, will he be offered anything, you know, close to Dustin Johnson or John Rahm? I don't think so because we don't know where he's at with his golf game. But, I mean, his name and popularity does help him quite a bit. So I think he's going to, I mean, any upfront money, I think at this point, live is you, you take it no matter what. <laughs> it's already better, I think, than the PGA regardless. So do you take the upfront money, which is financial stability, which I don't think he probably really ever needed uh, too much. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm guessing the 12 million over seven years that he earned and whatever else in, you know, endorsements he's been able to utilize and whatnot over the last 12 years. But, um, you know, the upfront money, you get the financial stability and all that. You have less rounds of golf throughout the year in live golf, in the live tour. Like I said, the next tournament, I mean, we just recently had the Vegas tournament, which was February 10th. And the next tournament's not till March 3rd. I mean, there's significant gaps to play a golf tournament is aggressive as you want to be for three days, not four, and then take the time off to heal and, you know, rehab and relax and, and, you know, recharge the batteries to come back out the next tournament around. And from a health perspective at, you know, from what he, what caused him to leave the PGA to what could potentially be maybe him going to live, you know, I could see it from that that side of it too. So again, you know, I it, it will we'll see what happens, you know, over the next several months and I, any news that, you know, I find out, I'm going to report it either, you know, I'll report it here obviously on the podcast, but I'll tweet it out, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and stuff like that. Um, so make sure you guys go follow me, follow my personal at underscore Wally Golf, or follow me on this account at that's too bad on social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, uh, YouTube as well. And, you know, as news comes around about AK, uh, you better believe it that I'm going to report it as quickly as possible. Uh, I hope we see AK. I don't care which tour he goes to, seeing Anthony Kim back in professional golf is what the golf world needs. And uh, I'm excited to hopefully see what what transpires, like I said, over the next few months. Uh, but let's now segue. So, I, I mean, we were just talking two seconds ago about Anthony Kim going to Live Golf. So let's talk about Live Golf and what's happened over the last couple of months. And that's Rory McIlroy making, I mean, good comments, right, <laughs> about some of the Live guys now. And uh, basically, I don't take this as him recanting anything, and I'll explain what I mean uh, here shortly. But uh, so, let, I mean, let's kind of, re, you know, rewind a little bit. You know, Roy McIlroy has been very publicly open about his feelings about Live Golf and originally the guys that had defected to Live, the Live Tour. Uh, you know, basically, he is not a fan of the idea of Live, uh, the Live Tour, what they represent the money being Saudi backed and all this stuff. Um, and he was not very appreciative of the golfers at the time who had defected, whatever their reason was. It, I, I don't think it mattered to Roy McIlroy. Rory McIlroy 
again, similar to Tiger Woods like we talked about earlier, very loyal to the PGA for what it stands for, the, the rich history with the majors, the different tournaments, um, and everything else in between. Rory McIlroy is 100% behind and is a diehard PGA Tour golfer. Uh, and understandable. End of 2023 comes down. John Rahm and Roy McIlroy, if you, you see it on Instagram, you see it on the Netflix full swing in season one, these guys are very good friends. They've been playing on Ryder Cups and have played in tournaments. They, they have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe in majors and other different tournaments. Um, and so basically Roy McIlroy's buddy, beginning of 2023, comes out that he's never going to go to live towards, not something he's thinking about. He's loyal to the PGA. Here comes December 2023. John Rahm has now gone to live tour for $600 million. <laughs> um, so now let's jump up to January 2024. Rory McIlroy, again, I don't think he didn't really recant anything he has said, but he has really kind of pulled back now and is basically, I don't want to say really apologize because I don't know if it was a really an apology, but basically is now not as judgmental on the golfers that went. And why do you ask? Well, he came out and said that he understands, and I'm quoting this from what I read, he understands that every player is in a position where him and Tiger Woods are at with money. And I believe he is referring to the endorsements, Nike, TaylorMade, EA Sports, Gatorade, and the list goes on for Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Those guys don't have to win tournaments. They don't even have to really qualify. I mean, they, I think they might lose their endorsements. They don't qualify. But they really don't have to win tournaments to make a living because they are so successful outside of 18 holes of golf on the course because of their endorsements. Again, they get their endorsements because of how good they've been at golf. So, I mean, you know, a little bit of a double-edged sword if they really kind of go downhill. I mean, we've seen Tiger Woods, I guess, technically was out of golf due to personal issues, we'll put it like that. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he lost his EA Sports. Rory McIlroy took it over. Uh, Nike didn't drop him right, you know, but I think they were thinking about it. Um, you know, so, I mean, Tiger Woods still kept some of his endorsements, but lost some too. And then Rory, because of the caliber player he was had at the time, kind of swooped in and took over some of those that Tiger was known to endorse. Anyways, though, so, I mean, that is what Rory basically said. He understands why some of these golfers, some, because I mean, if you look at the roster, there are some guys I guarantee fans of golf have never heard of. And these guys, good for them, took guaranteed money up front, and it's a lot of money. Again, probably not to the extent of Brooks Kepka and John Rahm and Phil Mickelson, who are making probably five to $600 million up front. This is not counting tournament wins and stuff. Uh, but they're making a lot more than trying to struggle on the PGA Tour to make cuts and, and work their way up to that amount, which would take a very long time for them. So he 
again, I don't think he's very apologetic, but I think he's pulled back. My, here's my take on it is that he never really kind of comes up about or comes back, pulls back about the live tour itself. So he's not – so basically I believe he still doesn't like the idea of the live tour. I don't think he's a fan of the three days, wearing shorts, you know, every day of every tournament is similar to the waste management where it's, you know, the fans are, music's going, fans are interacting, booing and cheering throughout the start and finish of that tournament. Um, again, I mean, that's that's what I personally, that's my personal opinion. And I think Rory is why Rory does not like it. And, um, again, it's interesting. His buddy goes to live. He pulls back a little bit on the uh, aggression as far as, you know, um, the guys that defected and, you know, they're not loyal and really they're not essentially not thinking, you know, what they're ultimately doing and stuff like that. You know, he's pulled back a little bit on that is now, I would say maybe now more reserved when he's going to make those comments because now he's got another close buddy over there. But again, he I didn't see anything. I have not read anything that he has uh, said anything directly about the live tour itself, the tournaments and the setup and stuff like that. You know, so you know I think see I think you know kind of behind between the lines, so to speak. He is still. I mean. And he has every right to be a loyal PGA guy. But, like, for me, I, I kind of like some of the things Liv does. I'm not saying I think they do everything correctly. But it, it golf has been very one-dimensional for quite some time with little changes here and there. And Liv Golf basically made a lot of big changes right away. And... That's where you got guys that were intrigued, and it's worked out. I mean, again, I think this has really worked out for, like, a Brooks Kepka who, before he goes to live, he was so beat up that he couldn't make cuts. He, he really just sucked at golf. I'm, it's plain and simple. And goes to live, he has the time to get healthy, workout, rehab, and stuff like that. He was having knee issues and stuff like that his last year on the PGA Tour before he had moved to live. And in 2023, this guy, I mean, you see what Brooks Kepka can do when he is 100% healthy. Guy won a major, contended in pretty much every major in 2023. The guy is hard to beat and will finish in the top five, top ten, and potentially win a major when he's healthy. So you could see the effects of live have benefited certain golfers. Uh, but there's, you know, I'm sure there's things that as fans and even the guys that are on the PGA that are competing, there's things that just kind of maybe haven't made sense just yet. But again, live tours only been around for this is I think their third season now. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna see more people. I think turn around I, again. I, I don't mind watching it. I think there's, like I said, there's some stuff I'm not, I haven't fully grasped yet. 
but I'm not a, a hater on changes in golf because I think change in all sports is sometimes good. I'm not saying we got to get rid of stuff that the PGA is doing, but, you know, again, if we're going to, if the PGA and the live tour are going to merge, I really do see a road where we're going to have PGA tour like events, four days, what, you know, one-on-one, there's no teams and stuff. And then I think if we're in a direction where we're going to merge these tour two tours, that the guys will play live like events three days they're on a team you know and we'll have to see if that if that really is true what happens um i don't think it's a bad thing like i said um once if you know once the these two tours end up merging i I think they just have to find the, the fine line where we're not crossing over into a boundary here where one is where we're doing more PGA stuff versus less live and vice versa. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so, okay, enough about live, enough about the PGA Tour, essentially. Let's talk about the most recent announcement in golf the day after the Super Bowl. And that is the, and this has been, I think, now hyped up for the last couple of weeks if you've been on social media. And that is Sunday Red is here. Sunday Red, for those who don't know, is now the new brand um, Tiger Woods with TaylorMade. It, for me, it's sad to see the Nike TW hats go, but everybody loves Sunday Red. You wear red <laughs> when you're with your buddies on a Sunday golfing. I bet there's at least one person wearing a red polo with black shorts or a black hat. Tiger Woods has made wearing red on Sundays for golfers of any level one of the most popular things in golf. And his departure with Nike, now with you know working with Taylor Made. You know, he's now kind of rebranding, I I guess you can put it. So, again, like I just said, from what I just saw on Instagram all throughout today and yesterday, all these posts, not one thing shows the classic TW logo that we've known in golf for the last, what, 23-some seasons or years. Um, And now the whole brand is – Sunday red with his little tiger uh, skeleton type logo. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to buy some merch. I mean, I'm always a sucker for the merch. I'm a tiger fan in golf. I'll, I'll, you know, so (laughs) I'm not the biggest tailor made guy anymore. Uh, I I mean, my bag's ping and titleist. So, you know, I, I haven't worn or, swung really any tailor-made clubs in quite some time not hey not tailor-made it's just I, I was fitted for my clubs and i love my clubs the way they are uh but you know i'm sure i'll be making a trip to uh pga store golf galaxy here and uh <laughs> buying a sunday red either hat or polo i'm sure uh, i really liked the the shoes that he was rocking you know the what I saw on Instagram today where he was in his practice round because he's playing in the Genesis Invitational this week. 
the the black classic kind of like foot joy uh, shoes that he has been wearing for the last couple of years with uh, the red little streak that says Sunday red and stuff like that. So this will be interesting uh, for Tiger Woods, I'm sure, at, at this stage in his career because now in a world of social media and influencers and brand promoting, I mean, I'm trying right now to promote the brand that's too bad. So everybody, again, go give me a follow and pass this along to people you know. Um, here, you know, Tiger Woods is now in the realm of, you know, the millennial type uh, marketing here, which is the brand promotions. I mean, you see it all over the PGA. I mean, Tiger Woods really was, has really, I mean, in, in my life has made this very famous with the TW. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, you got the uh, Golden Bear. Everybody knows the Golden Bear to be Jack Nicholas. Um, Arnold Palmer with the umbrella and stuff, but you know, golfers have always kind of put their own brand, their own stamp, their own initials in, in a funky font or whatever. And J, JT, Justin Thomas has it on his hat. Jordan Spieth's got his. Uh, you know, the list will go on and on. I mean, all these golfers kind of put their own brand again on their their hats and their gear, their bags and stuff like that. And Tiger Woods has kind of always done it, but Nike and TW, he really didn't have to do much except just show up and wear what he's always worn, especially on Sundays. If he if he was in contention, you know, you're going to see on a Sunday morning, Tiger, Tiger Woods wear black hat, some type of red polo and black pants and black shoes. The guys won't been doing that for 20 plus years um, to now, you know, to where we're at now in 2024. You know, well, I think he's going to do I think he's going to struggle with this his new brand, essentially. No, not not at all. I'm sure there are a lot of already orders on TaylorMade and whatever stores that already have that merch and apparel and stuff. People are already buying it off the shelves and off websites and stuff like that. But um, I do believe he is going to have to do more now to kind of just continue to promote Sunday red. Uh, the only thing I have an issue with, and maybe I just need to understand this better, he, the brand separates the word Sunday into two words, Sunday red. I'm that one. I don't know. It just looks odd to me. I'm gonna have to understand. I I have to think, read to find out what's the significance of that right now. I, I mean, I could be very plainly, obviously stupid here, and, and maybe I am not seeing it but I, I if someone wants to explain it to me please go for it if not i'm definitely going to look it up to see what why they did it that way i saw already a funny meme someone said turn his skeletal tiger sideways and it's the vertebrae of his <laughs> back spine or his uh spine being fused together um so <laughs> i mean that was already comical reading that one i didn't see that until i turned my phone sideways on the logo and Yep, there it is. Uh, again, though, I mean, maybe he was ready for a new change. Maybe he's ready to get rid of the TW. And, you know, Tiger wanted a low. I mean, he's got the Tiger driver head cover for how many years now? Um, so, you know, we'll see what, you know, how Sunday Red is perceived. And, you know, from here on out, we're going to see it live here this week at the Genesis Invitational because he is competing making his uh, 2024 debut. Um, and uh, maybe we'll see Sunday Red 
on Sunday this week. So this will be quite interesting. Uh, and like I said, I'm sure I'll probably be I'll probably be buying some merch here. You know, I'm a sucker for some merch. But uh, but yeah. So that's all. You know, so that's all I've gotten so far with uh with everything. But I do have one other announcement here before we go and that's uh we got an interview for this pot for this episode of the podcast this is an interview i did with a social media influencer all a lot of you probably already follow her so here you go please enjoy my interview with social media golf influencer and pxg ambassador elizabeth veith All right, without further ado, uh, welcome to the podcast, That's Too Bad, social media golf influencer, Elizabeth. Uh, how you doing so far? Doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You know, first, uh, I want to say uh, thank you for not only joining That's Too Bad podcast, but also being the first guest here. I really appreciate your uh, your time and everything. Um, you know, I just want to, you know, again, my podcast here. That's too bad. We're just going to have fun. We're going to talk golf. And, you know, I, I know you've had your, you know, you're busy around year round traveling, doing stuff. So hopefully you can share us what's going on uh, in 2024, what you've experienced uh, recently. And uh, well, let, let's kind of just dive into it for the people that don't know who Elizabeth is. I mean, I know social media, golf influencer, PXG ambassador, uh, you know, what are you know who is elizabeth when when we're going on social media and stuff yeah um so i like to call myself i'm not the average influencer um because influencing is not my full-time job um a lot of people think it is based on you know follow me on social media but i have a day job um where i work in the financial industry that i absolutely love um so i am balancing a full-time job and a full-time golf addiction so my social media is a way for me to share my love of the game um how i got into it which was because of work so i can share that here in a moment too of how i got into it um but yeah it, it's just a way for me to hopefully help inspire others to either pick up the game of golf or um be able to you know book crazy golf vacations or adventures while balancing a, a full-time job yeah i mean i can definitely share that that same common thread there because uh uh, the eight hours before recording this, I was also doing my accounting job <laughs> and, uh, and I'm the same way. I, someone that's just loved golf really from a young age. Um, but I didn't really take it too seriously until uh, about, f I don't know, five, six years ago. It was really the pandemic, I think really helped drive, drive my passion for it. And, uh, but yeah, I know I've have followed you on social media for a while and, uh, you know, we, we got so many different social media golf influencers out there, but I know um, each one you can kind of uh, relate to here and there in certain uh, aspects of that. And I know, you know, the way you just said, you know, you have a full time career, but you also want to share the world, you know, what's going on in the golf and inspire people. That's kind of, you know, where, our, you know, I think I have that same common thread with you there because that, that's kind of how what really sparked me to kind of really start this podcast and kind of get into this now. Yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah, so, I mean, uh, 
I know you're also a PXG ambassador. So how, how did that come about? I mean, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great question. So um, I reached out to PXG. I absolutely love them. Um, just love their brand. Also love that they're a veteran owned company. Um, that's another thing I really pride myself on is, is getting veterans into the game of golf. Cause I do believe uh, golf can save lives. And just from a mental standpoint, it's awesome to get veterans into, especially after, um, you know, they, they're coming back from combat or coming back for getting out of service, um, as well as when they're in service, just because it can be such a getaway and such just a zen on the golf course. Um, it can also be really frustrating. So, but it makes you not yeah. think about what's happening, you know, outside um, in, in your quote unquote day job. Um, so I actually reached out to them and said, hey, um, you know, other golf programs have an influencer program. Um, what would that look like for you guys? So I actually kind of helped build out the ambassador program with them um, about uh, seven years ago, which has been so much fun. And it has been a lot of um, you know great times working with them in regards to not only repping their apparel, but also repping their equipment and um, just supporting their brand. It's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that is awesome. And, you know, congrats on really the whole, the whole motive of it, but really building out that brand. Um, Cause I mean, I feel like that's really where a lot of the golf influencing has gone and it's taking a lot of these different brands and promoting them through all of these. I mean, we have so many different avenues now, social media, YouTube. Uh, I mean, it, it goes way past now, now the days of, TV and just seeing it, you know, commercials and stuff like that now. Um, and it just feels like though, you know, you can look at any golf influencer and there's just it, brands you've never heard of before. I mean, even for, I, I don't consider myself a golf influencer, at least not at the moment, but I mean, I, I uh, was approached last year, the same about an ambassador program for golf apparel, uh, which I, I kind of have the shirt on right now, shank of golf. And, uh, you know, you I, I think it's just f a fun way to just promote some of the small, smaller startups, essentially. I mean, not I, will everybody be a Titleist or formally a Nike golf, even though I think this year we're seeing Nike fade away. I don't I don't know. But I mean, that's that's awesome, though, with the PXG. And I know PXG is those clubs. The brand has really jumped, you know, leaps and bounds. I mean, it's on tour. Everybody's loving the. I mean, how do you love the club so, so far being, I don't know if yeah. you get it. You got to be nice, right? Cause you're, you're promoting it, right? <laughs> yeah. And this is my candid feedback. Um, I have had a lot of other brand of clubs and I absolutely love PXG. Um, and it's just the feel it, it's, you know, from a golf standpoint, like your golf clubs are very personalized and, um, some work for, you know, some people and some don't. So it's very much a, you got to find the brand that works for you. And PXG uh, throughout their generations of clubs, um, you know, I've had Gen 1 up through now, their Gen 6s, um, each time that they're innovating and they're doing something different that is, you know, help my game or help improve my swing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I've never hit a PXG club before, but maybe I need, maybe I need a look to maybe help bring the handicap down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. De or even just go, you know, to a fitting and hit him and see if you like him. It's once again, it's such a personal choice, and you've got to be able to look down at the club and you know feel good hitting it and feel good swinging it. So. No, I agree. I mean, I've had this debate with a lot of different people over the last few years. Is you know, is getting fitted the best option? 
to help your game. And I always tell people, I said, it's, you know, not going to make a drastic impact, at least not right away. But I mean, people that go and just buy clubs because they want, because they saw, you know, Tiger Woods hit a tailor made. Um, and I always tell people, I'm like, that club is designed for him. It's not, that doesn't mean it's designed for, you know, Joe Schmo here. Um, so I always tell people, I'm like, because I got fitted for my clubs. I, I love, I mean, I went from a raggedy tour edge set of clubs. I think my uncle gave me a long time ago. And I always told myself until I start, you know, got a little bit better, I wouldn't get fitted. Well, I got a little bit better. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got fitted. I've loved my clubs ever since I got fitted for them. But I mean, I've always been a big supporter of don't just go and buy clubs because you see them on, you know, on tour or, you know, whoever has them, go get fitted, go get the feel of it. Cause yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be comfortable with what you're hitting. Otherwise you're going to go play 18 oh, yeah. and you're going to be oddly disappointed. You might look good, but you're going to be oddly disappointed with that score. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Um, but so I know you mentioned just a minute ago, you know, your how you got into it, the social media and stuff. And so I know you're on YouTube and you know instagram TikTok, mm -hmm. and everything else so how did that all really start up for you because i know everybody's kind of got a different avenue of how we got into that yeah um so first i'll kind of back up a little bit and talk through how i got into the game of golf and then um how influencing happened for me because it was not planned um so back um right before my aunt passed away with leukemia um i asked her some career advice she was really high up at the company that i'm working at and I said, what is your career advice for me to, you know, go up in the corporate world as a woman? And she said that I need to know how to golf, um, it, which really took me by complete shock. It wasn't you need to go into sales. It wasn't you need to be managing other different departments. It was you needed to know how to golf and not make a fool of yourself on the golf course. Um, so about a year after she passed away, I took just a group lesson, like bought a group on um, and went and was, you know, kind of intimidated in regards to it because I had only done like putt-putt and that was back when I was like seven years old. Um, <laughs> so I, I knew I needed just the fundamentals and to learn um, about the game, but um, really enjoyed the the group lessons. Um, the instructor at the end of it was like, how long have you been playing golf? And I was like, you are seeing it right now. Um, so he recommended that I actually go to a smaller ladies clinic um, and another course with another instructor where there's only like five ladies that you know do weekly lessons. Um, and with that group, um, the instructor did something really cool that got me to really love the game, which is um, she called it six shooters, which is six holes after the nine hole league. So every Tuesday we would go out, she'd push up our tee boxes to about 100 yards to 150 yards out. Um, she would go out there with us, she would teach us etiquette in regards to the, the course, the cart, everything that we needed to know. Um, and she would just set up, you know, six holes so that we could go out and play and practice and have it be a non-intimidating um, environment. So that's what really made me fall in love with it. Um, so from from that, I decided on my social media at the time, and it was mainly Instagram way back when, uh, that I was just going to share my golf journey because um, I was inspired by my aunt. I wanted just to share how it was going, how it was doing it was making a difference or not from a career standpoint. Um, so I started just posting every Tuesday of, hey, here's what I learned, or this is what I know now, um, and here's the hole that I played, and my social media kind of blew up from there. 
Um, and like I said, it was not planned at all. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to be an influencer. Or I wanted to do this. I wanted to really get to know um, a bunch of people or have a bunch of people follow my story. Um, mine was very much a, hey, I'm organically sharing what's happening as a beginner golfer. Um, and it took off from there, which was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> that one, you know, condolences, obviously, you know, with, with your aunt, um, that's always very hard, but that's also very inspiring. Um, you know, very cool hearing, you know, how, you know, that was the, the driving force there for you. Uh, and, and not only just to get in the game of golf, but, you know, the social media influencing too. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of wild. Like you, you're not anticipating this to really blow up, but you just want to share with the world, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And, I mean, kudos mm -hmm. to you uh, taking off running with it, and it's really blown up in a great way for you from, you know, the my outside perspective of following on social media and stuff like that. So uh, that's awesome. I, that's intriguing, the six holes. I've never have ever heard that or thought of that, and I, it, that is actually, like, a very interesting and awesome way, I think, because I know, like, so I've had that question before. You know, I've never played golf before. I don't want to go play nine. I don't want to play 18. I've, you know, can I go play like four holes? I mean, you you technically, right. I always tell people, you technically could. You just have to walk off or drive off the course. Yep. But right. you're you're paying for nine or you're paying for 18. You might as well just continue. And I mean, for me, it's hard to get people that are like myself and you know others. It's hard to get off the golf course. But when you want to inspire somebody to get on the golf course. Because, yeah, I mean, some people I don't think right out the gate when you're a beginner, amateur golfer, uh, I got to go play nine holes in, in the first hole you top it or something. It's that's Now it's really right. a mental aspect of trying to keep you in this. And I, that That's an interesting tip that I got to – next time I, someone, you know, wants to go golf that, you know, never really does, I'm going to try that one. That's, uh, that's a real good hit tip whoever whoever taught you that tip or the your instructor that's uh that's wise for you um yeah i mean your your social media is huge and and again like you know we we have so many different golf influencers i had this question kind of teed up for towards the end but i think it, it blends in better now it's i mean so the direction that the social media golf influencing i mean because like you said we've got youtube you got all like Instagrams and the and TikTok is just ginormous, especially in the U.S. Um, you know all the podcasts and stuff nowadays, and, and everybody's really getting into it. I mean, uh, you know the direction that this has gone in the last couple of years. I mean, from my perspective, I uh, I've, I think it's been great for the game of golf. I, I really think it's been great for the game, more from the amateur beginner perspective, I've, if anything. Um, I just want to get your take on, you know, the direction that social media and golf influencers uh, of any platform, you know, the, the benefits and all that stuff that, had, you know, it's taken place so far and, and kind of moving forward from here. Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, number one, I think the pandemic really allowed a lot of people to get into the game of golf that had never even thought about picking up a club just because that was really the only sport or the only thing to do that was still open. Um, and you could still get outside and, and walk and, and play. Um, so I feel like that has had a you know huge impact in the game of golf. But I do think that from an influencer standpoint and social media standpoint, I, I think a lot more women are getting into the game um, and a lot more beginners 
um, just because it's less intimidating when you see somebody, you know, tap a shot on social media or they talk about, hey, like I've only been playing for seven years or, um, you know, this is my journey or this is how I recommend you getting into it. Um, or even just, uh, you know, for, for us women, it's very much, and even for men, like, here's the great outfit I get to wear while I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I get to look good while I'm out there. Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, I think a, a lot more people are talking about the game, um, are trying to pick up the game. Um, I've even had friends who've been following me, you know, for forever that are like, Hey, I want to pick up golf because I've seen how successful you've been at it and how many connections you have through it. And, um, you know, you're golfing these crazy golf courses that you said that you would never ever dream of getting on. You know, you did that through building that network and and really getting into the game. So I really feel like it's uh, creating those opportunities where um, we wouldn't be seeing that without social media. You know, you wouldn't know my story, you wouldn't know other influencer stories, and you wouldn't be able to see the connections that they're forming or the new products that they're getting to try out or, you know, what's upcoming. Um, so I really feel like it's had a huge impact for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. And and you kind of hit the nail on the head there as far as like, kind of like what I've loved seeing about the golf thing is the connections um, that everybody kind of can make because we have such a wide variety of golf influencers of different, uh, you know, calibers of, on the course when, when you're going to go play. I mean, there's some I know that are plus handicaps. And I know there's, we got influencers that are, you know, could be a, 16 17 hand handicap and everything that falls in between and i think what i've always loved about the social media aspect and everything and because i'm one of those people where i see the good and bad in social media but when it comes to golfing i think i only really see the good right now or i see a lot more good and that's mm -hmm. whether you're playing from the tips whether you're playing from the front tees you know whether you're playing you know one of the more difficult courses in you know, North Carolina, or you're playing out in California, wherever, we have this platform where we all can, you know, kind of chime in on what everybody's doing, uh, and you just see what what everybody's up to in the golf community, and it's and there's no really discrimination about it, whether you're, you know, tailor-made fan, whether you like to play this course, whether you're you like to play wedges more than hitting a four iron, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I've really, I think that's like another aspect of like what really has driven me over the last couple of months is to develop this podcast and really kind of try to share my golf journey a little bit. Um, Cause I'm not one of those people where I really like to post as much. And I know that's really the name of the game. <laughs> and uh, so I'm really kind of getting out of my it comfort is. zone right now a little bit um, lately. Sure. And yeah. uh but I know that's really been my motivation. Not only do I really want to connect with a lot of different golf influencers and social media personnel people, um, and it's really not to benefit me at all. I really just like communicating with a lot of different people on golf. And it doesn't matter. I mean, when people ask me questions, great. I hope I'm giving you a good tip. <laughs> but I also like I also like asking people for different tips that – you know, might have a different mindset or whatever, you know, compared to what I, I, I always tell people, I don't know everything about this game. <laughs> I love to, but I think then you right. would see me on a bigger platform if I, if I knew the, everything about this game, but you know, here I am. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, again, the, the influencing everything, you know, the connections and that I know you're making and posting has been awesome to see. Um, 
you know, I saw recently, I can't remember if it was on Barstool or not, but I heard that they're, they want to get a golf influencing golf tour. I mean, so I got to ask from a golf influencer, would that, would that be of interest to you if that really came about? I mean, they, they, if I'm not, if I can remember what I heard the other day, they believe we, the golf influencing tour would blow live golf out of the water for viewerships. <laughs> so I'm curious if they, if, if there was one to create yeah, it, would I, you join it? I'm sure it would. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. Um, I, I know a couple of those guys have actually met them. Um, they, they create some great content and um, yeah, I would definitely be interested for sure. Well, let's see if they can get it going for, for everybody. I think the, that would really, uh, right? really would get the live golf viewerships. Uh, you know, it, it, that would be a interesting competition when it comes to the viewership. I think uh, the Barstool platform might be a little bit bigger than uh, than the Live Golf Tour right now. <laughs> right. Um. So I guess yeah. speaking of Live, so I got to just ask because I feel like I I ask a lot of different people. You know, everything that's gone on the last few years in professional golf is really it's really been a whirlwind with the PGA and then the live tour. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just curious from, you know, a golf influencer perspective, you know, what was your take when all this happened? Yeah. Um, so I would say it, at first I was very much uh, looking at it from a business standpoint of, Hey, the PGA um, it's just been them. They've been the sole entity for, you know, a really a long time. And this might, actually make them look at things a little bit differently and ask some different questions. Um, and then when the merger happened, it was very much, a, okay, why did we do this to get here? Um, why did we go two different ways to come back and get to really the same spot? Um, and there's a lot of controversies around that in regards to what was behind it and all that stuff um, in regards to the PGA. But um, I, I do think it's very much becoming a spot where players have to pick, is it the legacy I want to leave in regards to the PGA tour? And do I want to follow in, say, Tiger Woods' footsteps? Do I want to follow in um, winning U.S. Opens? Or do I want to go and um, get paid a lot of money to golf and have more flexibility from a family standpoint and uh, be able to, I would say, play not a less competitive because they're still very competitive, but I would just say a less intense and a, a more flexible schedule where, you know, you could be home um, during the week, or you could, you know, have your family travel with you and it's not so grueling and intensive, um, to, to be, you know, live player. Um, so it's really dependent on those two roads and and what players want to pick. Um, I know there's once again, a lot of, a lot of players are saying, Hey, I just moved there for the money. And I, I get it. I totally understand. I mean, if I, if you could pay me more to do, less and have more flexibility from a family standpoint or a travel standpoint, you know, that, that sounds awesome out the gate, but I really do think you've got to weigh the pros and cons of, you know, what legacy are you going to be leaving or the possibility of a legacy from a PGA tour standpoint. Um, and I, I do think the PGA tour has taken a couple steps to really help um, not only the flexibility, but also the pay um, just a little bit, not drastically like Liv yeah. has, but a little bit for these players on the PGA Tour. Yeah, no, I 100% agree because um, I, I know that just anywhere you go, you talk to any golfer, PGA Liv, there, there's I, – I think I have talked to more PGA loyalty fans, uh, you know, and I get it. 
I, I've been the same way as far as I, I haven't really dismissed the live golf um, at really at all. I've, I've liked some of the things I've seen, you know, as far as like the tournament stuff, yeah. but like from my point of view and, and what you just kind of mentioned, I understand why some of these guys make the jump from the PGA to live. Yeah. I think some of them like a John Rahm and a Brooks Kapka, you know, they're the really in the primes of their careers where you can, and again, they get to still play the majors, but you know, I know like John Rahm recently was very upset. He didn't get to play at Pebble beach. Uh, Cause it's not on their, their schedule anymore. Right. And like some of those other tournaments that I know, you know, are closer to those individual uh, guys on the to- uh, live tour. But I, I've, I looked at it for more of a, well, I mean, the financial aspect is completely obvious. I'm the same way. Someone paid me $600 million to yep. do less. <laughs> Where do I sign? Right. <laughs> um, but I, I looked, I looked yep. at it more right out the gate. Like, you know, there's Ian Poulter, Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson, a lot of these older golfers that, you know, aren't in the really the prime of their careers anymore. Health has really, you know, could be a factor here. And, and I, I kept telling people, I said, well, they get to spread out their tournaments and take three weeks off to heal and, you know, do fam- you know family time and stuff. And I said, and my best example is I look at Brooks Kepka, his last year in the PGA, hurt, couldn't make a cut, really was just god awful. <laughs> um, goes to live, his first year in live, and comes over and wins a major, top five in another. I mean, the guy's dominant when he's healthy. So I said, you know, for people when I have these conversations, like, you got to look at from both sides of it. You, you just can't just dismiss these guys. Oh, yeah for making the jump for 600 million. Cause I guarantee, you know, like you said, I bet if any of us were in that same spot, we're signing on the dotted line. Yeah. Take me. I'll go to live for 600 yeah. million. <laughs> um, it's, and uh, right. I mean, I don't know if you've watched any of that the- and he's setting up, you know, your kids, like setting up your legacy in regards to setting up your children of like, you know, you're now in a completely different tax bracket. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and like, um, like I read an article with Rory Macra cause I, I talk about this on an earlier recording. It's like, Rory Macro, who's been very vocal about how he's not been a fan of the Live Golf Tour, and, and even earlier was not a fan of all these guys defecting. And now recently, I mentioned, I don't think he's really pulled back, but he's kind of recanted some of his comments more towards the, the players, not really the Live Tour itself. And I said, it's ironic. John Rahm makes the jump, and Rory right. kind of recants, and he goes, you know, uh, and I, I'm not quoting this exactly, but he understands that a lot of these guys that made the jump are not set up for success like him and Tiger Woods have been, where they basically live off their endorsement yep. deals. They don't really live off winning golf tournaments. The golf tournaments help them get those endorsement deals, but um, and they're no, you know, can't have 20, 30, even 100 Rory McIlroy's. I just don't think companies have the kind of money to do that or at least in the u.s so when you got a couple no i mean for example and i um not trying to like bash his name but like brooks kafka's brother chase not really known on the tour Mm -hmm. goes and signs with live i mean good for him um and like the other guys that have the pedigree like a phil mickelson again it's like why did they go? Well, I mean, it's like you said, financial stability for your family is probably a, a huge driving force. I, I, I don't see why anybody would disagree with that. And 
I mean, some guys don't want to play every week. I don't blame them. <laughs> that seems very exhausting, traveling, <laughs> going, what, you you leave Sunday oh, yeah. if you make it the is, cut, and you're sure. probably, what, flying out Tuesday to go play practice round Wednesday, and then you're in the tournament again. That's. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's more like Monday because you got the pro-am, and then you got, you know, your, your practice round, then a pro-am, and then tournament yeah. starts. So, yeah, it's pretty much Monday that you have off, which is, it's tough, and Monday's your travel day. Yeah, and it's, uh. It will be interesting to see what happens this year with with PGA and Liv, because I keep saying I think the scenario I see here is we're going to eventually merge into one tour again. It's like you said earlier, we we split and we're and we circled back for what? And but I said we're going to see my my projection is uh, we're going to see we're going to see PGA tour like events, four days of golf, individuals, and then we're going to see live like events. They're going to put them in teams, you know, three rounds or three days, you know, and maybe they'll let the crowds go nuts, like at the waste management, but I maybe not as nuts. I don't know. <laughs> I think, uh, right. yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to guess that the PGA is going to put a little bit of a halt on that moving forward, but <laughs> if we get there, but I, I, I truly do see, yeah. again, both these tours are going to merge. And, and that and that's what I, I, I think we're heading towards. We're going to see these types of events. And um, again, like I've watched some live golf, you know, over the last couple of years. I think there's some stuff they're doing is interesting. It's different. I like different. So, I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And I know there's yeah. people that are loyal to the PJ. They want their four rounds. They want individuals. They want the cuts and everything. Well, okay. You'll get that too. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I mean, there's how many days in the year. So we got a lot of days to play golf in the PGA tour, but um, okay. So that, you know, I just wanted to get your take on that. Everybody's always got different take, but let's talk about like some just fun stuff now. Um, So you've, you've documented on YouTube and all your social medias, you've gone traveling for golf and stuff. So I I just want to know what's the best golf course that you have played in, in all your travels and stuff like that. Yeah, so it is an easy first. Um, this one kind of blows every other golf course out of the water. I don't know that I'm going to be able to beat this in my lifetime. That's kind of the, um, the the peg that I've put at number one, and that's Cypress Point. Um, so I golfed that this past June, and it is my heaven on earth. I thought Augusta was when I was there, and I've been there a couple times for the Masters going back again this year, but um, I, and that it is golf heaven. I will say that, but to be able to walk Cypress, to be able to play it, um, got some extremely good weather. I mean, it just 16 through 17, 18, that, that stretch is just amazing. And really every hole is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's number one for sure. Uh, uh, so number one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I was kind of expecting maybe a gust or something. So yeah, that one catches, catches me off guard a little bit. Um, and I mean, that's awesome though. Um, so I gotta, I gotta, you know, ask too, just to follow up, you know, I'm not going to ask, obviously you know, give me two through five here, but I mean, just some honorable mentions. Cause I know you've, you've traveled quite a bit just from your social media and stuff to play golf or even not even just to play, but I know you've gone to different tournaments as a spectator, as a fan, stuff like that. Um, so anything that has really just jumped out outside of, out of Cyprus that, you know, 
you're either planning on already going back or you want to go back at some point in the near future here just because of the caliber or tournament or anything else like that? Yeah, so the Masters is my favorite tournament, hands down. Um, I would love to play Augusta. Uh, that is really at the top of the bucket list at the moment. Um, but uh, just because it's such an amazing course with amazing history, and I've been there a couple times, um, and that is just like, that's my golf heaven. Um, it's either going to be you drop me off at Cyprus or you drop me off at Augusta if I want to go somewhere. Like if I could have a, you know, a genie pop up and they'd be like, where do you want to go play? It would be one of those two. Um but uh, I would say the Masters is so cool and so different and unique because you can't have any of this. Like, you yeah. can't have your phone with you. Um, so you have – nobody's recording anything. Nobody is um, – you know, everybody's in the moment. Like, you literally, for meeting somebody at the Masters, you have to be like, okay, we need to meet by the big tree, like, by the putting green at noon. Um, I'm going to wait there for, like, 15 minutes. And if you don't come, I'm, yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, so – it's just a completely different experience. Everybody's really present, which is really, really cool. Um, I've met a lot of people at the Masters. I would say I met more people at the Masters than I have any other golf tournament just because everybody's present there. Everybody is um, you know, watching the round, whether that's the practice round or the actual tournament rounds. And it's just such a cool vibe because it takes you back to everybody's just focused on golf and being there and taking in the experience instead of you know, texting people or taking a video of Tiger Swing. It's just, you, you've got to be in the moment, which is such yeah, a cool which thing. which is way different when you watch golf on TV and every tee box is every camera, or not camera, every phone is out. Um, I mean, and, and yep. that's it. I mean, I haven't been to a PGA tournament in a while, but I remember the last time I was at one, I never had my phone out. I think that's why I, I want to go to Augusta. I mean, I've heard, and I know you can't have any cell phone devices, and it's wild. It's like, it's like what back in the '90s and stuff. Hey, you meet at this, you meet at this store. Yeah. You meet at in, if you're not there, I'm 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 shopping without you. Um, it, it's wild, but I yep. I mean I think that's what golf really needs too, because you know, like we talk about social media, which we need our phones really for and stuff, but sometimes like you catch more people they're watching the golf off a screen off their phone recording i tell people like oh, that's the same as watching on tv <laughs> just someone else is recording it for you yeah i mean watch it live is different than watching it off right. a screen but uh so i uh so i know so many people go to the masters it's one of the best tournaments i know in in all of golf the pedigree is obviously very well known and i know a lot of celebrities go so have you met any celebrities while you were at the masters, not golf related. It could be golf related, but not golf related too. Not golf related. That's a good question. I'm trying to think if I've met any celebrities that are not golf related there. I've seen a <laughs> bunch of them. Um, uh, so golf related is probably like the best celebrity um, story that I have. Um, but yeah, not non golf related at the masters. I've seen a bunch of people, um, but nobody that was like, you know, oh my gosh, I have to go say hi to them. Um, it was mainly like, oh wow, that yeah. you know, that was just yeah, Mark yeah just just casual. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so uh, there's been experiences like that, but the coolest, I would say, you know, golf celebrity, and I would just say even celebrity experience that I had um, was way back when. This is when I didn't even golf. Um, I actually met Tiger Woods 
And um, he was here in Colorado for the international. Um, we used to host it. We've got uh, the PGA Tour coming back this year, which is going to be awesome. But um, we used to ho host it. And um, we went out, my family and I, we went out, we were out at dinner and my dad and I are sitting in a booth and we're facing, it's Phil and Tiger that are sitting in a booth next to each other. And then it's Tiger's girlfriend at the time, who I forget exactly who that was. And then somebody else is with them. Um, and there's people walking by, there's a huge glass like window that you can see into the restaurant. People are waving. We're like, what is going on? Um, and there's people interrupting their dinner, you know, stopping by like, to come and like get autographs and ask them like how things are going. And my dad and I are like, who <laughs> are these people? Um, you know, clearly there's somebody. Um, so we're walking out and my, as we hit the door, my dad goes, that's Tiger Woods and Phil. And I'm like, <laughs> we are staying here. We are waiting. I send my mom, there's a grocery store that's like right next to it. Um, I send my mom, I go, go find something with her face on it. And um, I'm waiting there with just a pad of paper that my dad had and a pen just in case they come out. Cause I didn't want to interrupt dinner. Um, Tiger's girlfriend at the time was freaking out because everybody was stopping by yeah. and interrupting <laughs> dinner, like to the point where she was like throwing forks and stuff. Like it's, it was crazy. Um, so my mom, the only thing she could find with Tiger Woods's face on it at that time was a oh. Wheaties box. So when he came out, I was like, hi, Mr. Woods, can you please sign this Wheaties box? Um, I still have it today. And um, the next day in the newspaper, when we used to have those that would publish like the <laughs> gossip section, um, there's actually a section that says um, there was even a fan. There was a little girl who had a Wheaties box with Tiger's face on it. Um, and it kind of talked about like how his girlfriend wasn't having the best time. So we have it, you know, officially authenticated um, in a way. But that was probably my coolest uh, celebrity experience. Um, and then I almost got hit with his golf ball last year oh, at wow. the Masters. So that was also really good. <laughs> so yeah. You're uh you're really you're really good at getting Tiger Woods' attention, whether it's uh restaurants or running into them and <laughs> golf balls are flying. I, so if I want to meet Tiger Woods, I guess I gotta make sure you're in the vicinity somewhere. <laughs> Sounds like it. There you go. <laughs> I, that, that's wild. I mean that's awesome. The, Tiger Woods. I mean, not only is it just Tiger Woods and, and Phil. I mean, one is great. You get both yeah. in the same restaurant. That's that's just absolutely wild. Um, not really sh yeah. uh, shocked at maybe his girlfriend at the time going crazy. But I mean, I mean that that you're dating Tiger Woods. What do you expect, right? <laughs> right. I don't know what really her though. expectations were at that time, but oh well. Um, <laughs> and that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Great. Uh, awesome hearing that. Um, so I want to shift gears just a little bit here. Um, I know recently or not recently, I shouldn't say, but earlier this year, you posted that you were at the PGA sh uh, show. Uh, I think that's in Florida, correct? Yep. Yeah. So yes, how, how was is. that? Yeah. And I, I know I'm sure there was just so much to absorb as far as clothing and golf tech and everything else. Um, you, did you have anything that really stands out that you're excited to see hit the market for golf, not even just professional golf, but like amateur golf, um, clothing or tech or anything wise, you know, anything that stood out for you when you were down there? 
Yeah. So the PGA show is awesome. Um, it is really, you know, having industry pros come together. A lot of courses do um, a lot of their buying or they go and kind of validate their purchase orders for the year um, and, and see what's coming out from a product standpoint. So it was really cool to um, experience that. This is uh, my second show that I've been to. And um, I would say this year was a, a little smaller. It's still massive. Like you, I think... I walked maybe 13 miles in two days and that was just going wow. back and forth between you know, different vendors and um, talking to different people there, um, looking at, uh, you know, all the clothes, all the tech, all the really cool things. Um, and you've got some, you know, major club manufacturers there as well that are not only showcasing what's coming out for this year, but also um, you've got a demo day where you can hit them and, and kind of test them out. So it's just a really, really cool um, week for the game of golf. And it kind of kicks off this season, which is awesome. So um, to answer your question, there was some really cool things I saw, um, mainly clothing, um, shoes. I mean, there's a lot of different companies I can name there because there were so many that I was like, wow, this is cool. This is great. Um, and a lot of different companies that, you know, you'll be seeing more on my social media um, with me working with them um, in regards to either repping them because they're newer or they're established and just trying to get their name out there um, and, and really, you know, market them a little bit more to not only female golfers, but also male golfers. So um, more to come on that. But I would say the coolest thing from a tech standpoint that I saw, and I forget the name of what the company and I, I've got to look it up is um putting green so you know how like putting mats and practicing is just yeah. like flat and it's level um there's actually one that you can like push on and it will oh, change I, the elevation of the green so like you can actually yeah so you can have um one where you're putting and it's like not a straight putt all the time um so you can have it in different angles and then you can have it deflate and have just a straight putt so that was cool from a tech standpoint um, a lot of clothing stuff, like I said, um, was just awesome, um, especially for women's golf. There's a lot that is out there now, which is really encouraging and really cool. And there's some um, startup companies that, you know, I, I met with that are just literally like they launched at the show, which is awesome. Um, so there's some really cool things coming out. Um, shoes, there were some great things from like Olakai. Um, and Echo, like it was, it was really awesome just to see everything um, and be able to experience it before it quote unquote comes out. Um, so yeah, probably, it was awesome. Puts it was you, a like, lot of sensory fun. overload with everything that uh, <laughs> everything that gets oh, debuted. Yeah. And it, so. I mean, I know I'm a big, uh, I'm a big golf shoe guy myself. So I, mean, I would love to have all the shoes out there. It, different brands doesn't matter if it if it looks cool and it feels great I'm, i want to buy it um so i mean that that's yeah. awesome the the putting green one i know i don't know who i saw that or probably saw it on instagram and i said this was the most genius thing that i have seen because yeah. i mean I, not everybody has twenty thousand dollars to spend to put on those big square platforms that you could tilt and everything else and it shows your track line and right. i'm I mean, I had just like a little rink-a-dink, you know, like you said, the ones that are just roll out, they're flat. I'm always putting like a pair of socks or something, trying to create some curvage. And I'm like, there's got to right. be a better way than this. And then I remember seeing that post and I'm like, damn it, someone beat me to it. <laughs> uh, <Yep. laughs> but I mean, no, that's awesome. I would love to go to the PJ store. Uh, I don't know if my brain could function well enough for it, though. I think I would just be in awe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that it's the kickoff. Like you just said, it's the kickoff to the PGA season because then 
here we go. Uh, I mean, we got Hawaii and then we go into Cali P from the PGA perspective. And that's uh, yep. always a fun time at the beginning of the year. And then you get the waste management and Super Bowl and stuff. So um, that's awesome. Um, so I know, again, like we've talked about, you know, you've traveled and you've gone to different courses and stuff like that. So for 2024, are you allowed to let us know what what's on the docket potentially or is that you know secret for for the 2024 because yeah. we gotta release it on the social media if, if not can you uh share with us what you got planned for 2024 so far yeah so so far um as i mentioned i'll be heading back to the masters which i'm super pumped about um I, i've got a bucket list item to golf um in every single state um, so checking off some different states, which is going to be really exciting um, in regards to golfing. So um, hopefully golfing in um, North Carolina, South Carolina, as well as Montana um, and possibly Wyoming this year. So that'll be fun. Um, and then outside of that, in regards to trips, um, most likely we'll have another trip to Arizona at some point here soon, um, whether that's here in the next month or um, later in the year, that's one that I usually try to to go to a, a couple times throughout the year, just from a connection standpoint, as well as I just love Arizona. It's awesome to go visit and feel like they always have decent yeah. weather <laughs> minus the waste management because um, that was awful. Um, but usually they have great weather, even if it's you know snowing here, if it's raining there. Um, I've only seen it snow once in Arizona. I know it happens, but um, usually they have better weather, weather than Colorado. So awesome. um, yeah, that's what's on the docket. Uh, so wrapping up here. So uh, from one social media influencer to potentially aspiring ones on my podcast here, any words of wisdom, thoughts, comments that you want to share for anybody that's an aspiring golf influencer, uh, you know, any types of words of encouragement or anything like that, that you might have? Yeah. Um, so I would just say be authentic. Um, there's a lot of, um, I'll call it fake in quotes, um, influencers out there where it's very much they just recycle everything that they're seeing or um, they take an idea and then kind of just put a spin on it. Um, so I would just say be authentic, like be yourself, uh, because the worst thing is, especially from an influencer standpoint, is when somebody has been following you, they think that they know you and then they meet you in person and you're completely different. Um, so I would say be authentic, um, share, you know, your passion for the game, because that's really what, um, you know, why we all love this game. It's it makes us unique in regards to each one of us and why we love it. So I, I would say be authentic. And um, even if it doesn't work the first time, keep trying, because um, sometimes it's just, you know, it, it didn't hit the right audience or the right audience didn't see it. So you got to keep awesome. trying different things. Uh, so I got. Just two more questions for you. One's golf related and one's not golf related. I'm going to start with the golf related one. So earlier this week, we had a big announcement after the Super Bowl. That was Sunday Red, Tiger Woods. What what are our thoughts? No longer the TW. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I am a fan of the logo, like blown up, like big logo, like the hoodie looks awesome. Um, I, I do think small, like on like the polo, especially the placement, like right in the middle of the chest, just, I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Um, so I, I think they could have done a little bit better in regards to like where they place the logo and just the setup of it. I'm super excited for it, but there's something especially in the smaller logos that I would have changed. Like the hoodie and the hat look awesome, but I would have changed the placement of the logo and, and done some different yeah. things with well, it. It's going to make, I think, it. your Wheaties box a lot more profitable 
because I'm sure he had the TW hat on there and yeah, no longer yeah. <laughs> no longer does he want that logo. So I was a little right. sad to hear that he didn't want the logo anymore. But um, but my initial thought was when I saw the tiger. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I think we were. I think you know, can only TW or it was going to be some type of logo. You had to think it was going to go be one or the other. And I, my, I think it's awesome. I'm sure yep. I'm going to buy some merch because I'm a sucker for merch. Uh, but um, my initial thought was, man, does this look kind of similar to the shark? <laughs> if I'm, if, if, if I wanted to stir up any, uh, yeah. any trouble yeah. there between Greg Norman and Tiger Woods live versus PGA, it said, hmm, this looks very similar to the shark there. Wonder where he got that idea. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, right. So my non-golf related question, I know you're in Colorado, I believe. And so I know on your social media, you go to Colorado Avalanche. Are we, are we winning the Stanley Cup this year? Yeah, I, I would like to say we are. Um, I, I feel like our team is in a really good spot this year. Uh, we've had some troubles recently, though. Like it's uh, the past couple games have been a little tough and been a little rough where it's uh, like we – look great in the beginning and then the train falls off the track. So I feel like there's a lot that we still have to do to, to build up to that, but I'd absolutely yeah, love well, to see them win another Stanley Cup. I, it would hurt me a little bit, but I'd rather see the Avalanche than some other teams that are coming from a Blackhawks <laughs> fan here. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I think uh, the oh, Blackhawks yes. are coming for the Avalanche. So we just have a little bit more rebuilding to do. Yeah. <laughs> Just a uh, Elizabeth, bit. Yep. <laughs> uh, thank you again for everything, your time, uh, sharing everything with us on That's Too Bad podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you're going to be posting and doing in 2024. And uh, from myself and the That's Too Bad podcast fan group, uh, thank you again, and we really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. by Riverside. Hey.